Welcome back to the Sipping with Sin podcast, a podcast about stuff and things pertaining to gaming, content creation, horror, comics, music, pop culture, and more. Grab your favorite beverage and take a sip with us. Cheers to yet another episode of Sipping with Sim. Welcome, welcome back, everybody. Happy to have you all listening to the number one podcast in our own heads. That's right. It's just facts. It's just analytics. We don't make it up. But welcome back to yet another episode. We got some fun stuff in store for this episode. Uh, some things happened, and uh, we're going to talk about it. We're going to discuss it, and we're going to you know, come to you live in your ear holes for probably the next hour. So sit back, relax sip of beverage and uh let's get to it but yeah so to start we must welcome the dreadlock himself back for yet another episode man's got a running streak going he's here every week kind of like herpes but a good kind if there is a good kind i don't think there's a good kind of herpes so that doesn't work um yeah i don't know what we would yeah he's just here he's here again he's here yeah just love him you all love him the one the only christian How's it going, everyone? Um, I gotta say, I've never been compared to herpes before. So that's <laughs> I, was trying, um, I was trying to find a way out of that. I was like, "Damn, there really isn't a good herpes." But I was trying to think of something that's like gonna keep coming back, and I just went blank. And I was like, "Well, we're kind of screwed." And then we're in a corner on this one. I mean, you could have said like you know, like a cat, you know, I mean, or something. But maybe a cat know. goes stray. I mean, stray cats are going to keep coming back if you feel. I don't know. Like, it, <laughs> yeah, I kind of screwed I, I myself like on that one. That did not go yeah. well. That was not the best introduction we've had, but it works. I mean, you're a good herpy. Oh my god. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, whatever. All right. So, as you guys know, how we like to start every episode is with what we've been watching, reading, listening to, or playing this past week. Um, I have story time. So, pretty much, I'll just go ahead and start. I What I've been into, um, it's been a pretty crazy week. Uh, what I've been into, though, has been, uh, I've been, we've been still watching Honorage. I think we're on uh, season seven, which those that have not seen it is kind of the darker season. Um, essentially, uh, the main character that it follows, Vincent Chase, he gets into cocaine and uh, drug addiction, and it's kind of rough. Kind of a rough, darker season. Uh, the porn star Sasha Gray uh, has a guest appearance throughout the season as Vince's love interest, I guess. And uh, yeah, so that's what we've been, we just been watching that. Uh, and I am waiting for Sandman, which at the time of recording this comes out Friday. I know nothing about Sandman. I know the trailer looks crazy, involving lots of dream things, and I'm sl- I'm I'm intrigued because. That whole concept interests me, and for some reason, Christian's probably going to make fun of me for this. When I saw the trailer and some of the imagery I saw, one of the first things I thought, and I don't know if Christian's seen this movie or not, is uh, what dreams may come. Why the hell I thought of that, I don't know. Maybe just like how they, they portrayed heaven, I guess, if you will, in it. I don't know. It was weird. I I didn't think of that, and I wasn't thinking of that. Um, now it's in my head because you just said it, but that's 
that's not that's not at all what I was thinking about. That's really funny that you say that. Well, I mean, I guess um, it's like the visual because like there's like a scene where like Robin Williams is like running through a field and it's essentially like a painting and you pretty much make it what you want to be. And I kind of I don't I know nothing about Sandman, but I kind of get the feel that like they can form the dreams how they want them. So I was kind of getting that vibe. And there was some scene in the trailer that was like kind of a bright, pretty thing, I guess. And I was just like, well, that kind of got that vibe from it. I don't know. I'm probably way off, but I'm I'm excited to watch it and uh, going in with just that trailer and very little knowledge of it. So it'll be interesting to see like what I think about it. That's fair. I I've, I mean, for those of you who. Are, who are probably going to ask the question in the comments or on the social medias. Yes, I have read Sandman. Um, to be honest, guys, I actually didn't read Sandman until late in the game. I read Sandman um, 2020, I want to say. So like two years ago. Um, and then that read for Sandman took like, actually, you know what? I don't think I read it until fully read it until last year. Because I read some of it in 2020, kind of stopped reading a bit of it, and then read more of it later on. Because it's long, it's a long story. Parts of it are definitely drawn out. It's definitely uh, a late 80s, early 90s story. The, in the in the way that it's written, and the art changes a couple of times. You know, some art's better than other art in the in the comics itself. But like Sandman, for for the, its entirety. It's a really good story. Um, people have wanted it to be adapted into a movie, into a TV show, video games, like all kinds of things for years. And after reading it, uh, I can say I understand. Um, I don't think that this show is going to be super truthful to the comic just based off of the trailers. But you know what? Like, that's not always a bad thing. So... Normally, I, I, I shit on shows about not being true to the subject material, you know, the, the, the material. But this time, not so much. Like, I was thinking about stuff that I've watched that hasn't really stayed true to the comics that, you know, hasn't been bad. And like Invincible, for an example, uh, one of my favorite comics of all time. It does stay pretty damn close to the comics. I got to I got to be honest. There are certain things that change, but they change for the better. Uh, there are certain things they cut out that they didn't really need to have in a show, and it worked out for the better. Um, there are things they elaborate, elaborated on that, you know, made it better. So th that's just one of the many, many examples that I'm failing to tell you at the time that uh, that that stick close enough to the subject material, the 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 that make you think they really cared about what was going on beforehand, and then they change just enough for it to be more interesting for people who wouldn't necessarily look, read, watch that kind of stuff in general. So it works out. Um, with that being said, I'm super excited for Sandman. Um, Did I you like American Gods? Because the, the writer of Sandman did American Gods also, correct? I watched the first season of American Gods, and I kind of fell off because I, there was a lot of behind-the-scenes drama going on with that. And I just really wasn't into it, so I kind of let it fall off and then never got back into it. Plus, it was something that was on Stars, so at the time um, when it came out, I was watching it because I was, honestly, I was just downloading it clean off the internet trying to watch the episodes. And I just got tired of dealing with it, and I just let it go. But 
not to say it wasn't a good show. I don't know how the other seasons I dealt enjoyed with, it. you know, the I was interested. But I mean, that whole mythology kind of twist in it is kind of cool to me. Cuz I'd always try to guess I, who people were. Like yeah, I, I got to really agree people. on that. I got to agree on that. Um so yeah, with that said, I'm super super excited to watch it. Um I hope that it's good. Um honestly, the thing that I'm scared about the most is the fact that it's on it's on Netflix and Netflix like another company I'll talk about later is just canceling stuff man they they cancel stuff all the time and I'm just not looking forward to watching Sandman enjoying it and then hearing in like a week that <laughs> it's canceled you know what I mean um, and Netflix they're they're infamous for canceling shows unless you're stranger things, you're not really safe and that's you know that's kind of scary and um i honestly just want to watch a show that i know i can come back to later so that's another one of the things that i'm really afraid about and it seems like netflix is kind of on a kick right now where all they want to do is adapt you know mangas and animes right now and they, they they've never turned out well and they just keep doing it like they're adapting Yu Yu Hakusho, another one of my favorite animes that I got, you know, super acquainted with when I was a kid in the 90s. Um, and I'm just not looking forward to watching them destroy that film. So we'll see. We'll see. All right. So what have you been into this past week? Uh, this past week, man, it's it's a busy week for me uh, on the work front. And then also I got a birthday coming up. So I'm just feeling older and older slower and slower unfortunately so this week i haven't been able to do a, a whole lot i've been doing a lot of research into things which i'll talk about later on in this episode but uh, i've been watching fallen skies like i talked about um originally so the show is originally on tnt um it was on tv for a few years it finally ended i don't know if it got canceled or if it just came to its uh you know natural end i'm not sure but uh I'm, i finished season three um, and I actually just started season four last night. Um, and so I've watched, I'm like two episodes into the fourth season and a lot of stuff has changed, but going on to season three, for those of you who are listening every week with me and may or may not be watching the show, season three had a lot going on and, uh, the characters went through a lot. There was a birth, there was some deaths, uh, characters got separated, a couple of the characters uh, were traitors, you know, like it's so much going on. And I just, dude, it, like if you're really into the show, really into the the plot of what's going on, then you start to get invested in these characters and you start to feel bad for these people more more so because so much happens. And then the season ends on a huge cliffhanger like most se seasons of television do. And you start season four and all the characters are separated. They're in different places, obviously, because that's what separation means. But it's insane. We got separation of the characters after they just met back up. Uh, characters are aging for sure. There are characters who have gone through some stuff that we didn't see because in the the, the in between the panels, if you will, between seasons, some time has gone by. So just more and more crazy things are happening. And it's insane. So this fourth season right now is is looking to be pretty interesting, and I'm hoping that the characters meet up with each other uh, sooner rather than later. I would hate to watch five episodes of this show and then the characters are just now meeting up again. 
uh, that would make it drag, and I just really don't want it to drag. But right now, uh, I'm still recommending Fallen Skies. Seasons one through three have all been pretty good. Like I've mentioned before, it's a little bit of an older show. Um, the CGI, it's you know a TV CGI, so you're getting exactly what you'd expect to get. But the story, the plot is really there. So seasons one through three, highly recommend. I can't recommend season four yet because I'm only two episodes in. So for all I know, it could go to hell in the handbasket, but we'll see. But as far as one, two, three goes, totally a fun watch. And I'm hoping that it continues. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, as we talked about, it's been a busy week. And uh, I guess with our first segment, we'll talk about what... uh, me and the missus got into this past week. We had the opportunity, um, the gracious opportunity to go to uh, Nashville and watch WWE's uh, second biggest event of the year, which is their SummerSlam pay-per-view. Um, we got to go do that and uh, kind of wanted to just talk about our experience with that for a little bit. Um, we wanted Christian to go, but Christian hates us and said, you know, <laughs> screw you guys. I don't care. Uh, I got to do father stuff and don't have time for your shenanigans, pretty much. I did have to do the father thing. So, yeah. Don't you love how that sure. just changes everything? Fatherhood and parenthood <laughs> changes everything. Man, Which- like, obviously, like, I don't need to tell you that. And I feel like I shouldn't have to tell the listeners. But if you are listening and you don't have a kid, like, I'm not here to complain about having one. I'm just letting you know that it it does change stuff like you don't get to just do the same stuff you've just been doing you know there's a mean? lot weekends to plan and account mean, for now absolutely weekends don't mean what they used to mean weekdays don't mean what they used to mean sleep means more than it used to mean so like just keep in mind that once you become a parent like stuff definitely changes new stuff is totally happening and it, just events that you would typically go through, not the same, not necessarily the same. Doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It's just different. Yeah, and a lot more to to take into account. Um, a lot more planning and packing if you go somewhere than previously. Just kind of like loading up and going. Because um, babies take a lot of stuff. There's a lot, uh, a lot of packing, a lot of diapers, wipes, and formula, and everything in the world. Which luckily the mom. Mrs. Sin does. So, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot to it. There's a lot that goes and holidays change, events change, life changes with everything. But I mean, not a bad change. It's just a definite change that, you know, you hear about, but you don't really know until it happens, if that makes sense. Like, whenever you're faced with it and you're having to do it, and you're just like, well, things were easier back then. But, you know, like I said, not a bad change, but, Anyways, back to the the subject hand. So, we had the opportunity to go. So, we left pretty early. We went up to, uh, we went to Nashville. And we wanted to get there before, hopefully, the shenanigans started. Because, um, I want to say Nissan Stadium holds around 70 to 80,000. Like, at full capacity, I believe. Which, for those that don't know, WWE usually, like, cut off a section because they'll have production set up to like film and everything. So they'll kind of block off a section. So you won't have the complete full stadium. So you essentially have like, you have like the infield and then you'll have like probably three quarters to the half, maybe 
of the stadium. Um, and so we were, we wanted to get up there and, uh, we left early and I will say, you know, I, I would, I don't think I would ever live in Nashville. I enjoy going to Nashville. I, I like the city a lot. I really do love the city. And I think Nashville is a beautiful city, especially at night. I don't know. It's something about the neon lights and stuff. I really like it. And just the, I don't know, the, the water, the visuals, all that. But we get up there. Nashville was bumping. Like, Jesus. I mean, we were there, like, pulling in, parking at, like, 2 o'clock. And there was party buses everywhere. And I mean literally everywhere. Not, like, one every few minutes, like, one would come by, and then like a pedal cart thing would come by with people drinking beer, pedaling, and then another party bus would come by. So there was like bachelor parties, bachelorette parties, people just partying. Maybe they were partying before SummerSlam. I don't know, but people were just getting it. They were like full on party mode. So we it's pretty much every day, all day here, especially the weekends, dude. Oh, oh yeah, dude. It was. I was just like, we'll get up there before it starts getting too crazy, you know, in traffic. Which traffic on the way up was busy. Obviously, I mean, Nashville's going to be busy anyways, but you could tell there was an event because it was just busier. Um, and so we kind of, we got, we got situated, we got parked, we went and got us a little, little bit of food and we made our way to the stadium. So we made, we got to the stadium, there was like, probably like an, all over an hour until that doors opened. So we just kind of mingled around, checked out like the different tents that were set up. There was like energy drink tents and like merch tents. And there was a Peacock had a, like a concert stage going on for premium, like subscribers or something. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on. So we kind of watched that. And then we, uh, we finally got to go in and when we went in, um, I don't know if Nissan stadium or if WWE paid for it, but they had a DJ that was down on the field that pretty much was your entertainment for the pre-show that dude was killing it. he was actually crushing and so we we decided we we're gonna find our seats we had received our seats literally a couple hours before we uh found out you know we got our tickets and stuff um thanks to a very gracious friend the that hooked us up with it and uh so we went and got our seats and uh found out we were on the field we were down on the field and for me that was a really cool experience because I'm a big Titans fan. So getting to walk down the stadium and actually step foot on the field, which was covered in this crazy, like, click together, I don't know what it was, hard plastic or something. And, like, all clicked together and had, like, kind of drainage on it and stuff to protect the field, obviously, from a, however many people were on the field, you know, trampling over it the whole time. And probably crew and everybody else. Um, but we got to be on there and that was really cool to, to kind of look up and like, I guess, see what the players see essentially being down there. So that was a really cool experience. So we get to our seats and our seats are literally on production side, like I mentioned. So whenever you're watching on TV or anything, the, the wrestlers and all will actually stare at the camera. So we're where the camera was. We were the final row where the big cameras and stuff are. And we got to see a lot of cool, like things that I've never really thought about until then. Um, for example, when they bring, uh, like say someone's going to run in from the crowd or they jump and usually you'll see them like jump close to the announce desk or whatever. So what they'll do is, and this actually happened in one of the matches, uh, they'll escort. Sometimes they'll cover them up in like, um, like the one first one we saw, the dude had like a big 
black hoodie on, big black sweatpants. He was like kind of covered up, head down, and a bunch of WWE officials were kind of like walking around him, kind of escorting him there. Uh, and it was AJ Styles, and they'll kind of walk him and hide him behind the tent where production is. And then when it's time, like their music hits, and everybody looks towards where the entrance is, and he kind of like runs over right there when no one's expecting and jumps and then gets in, you know, and starts doing his thing. They do that. And then also when people exit after the match, if they're not hyping, like running back down the entrance, which is crazy long, it was, um, I think the visitor tunnel is where everybody was coming from in the stadium. So they would walk from the visitor tunnel to like essentially 50 yard line, which is where we were at, where the ring is. Um, if they don't go back and do whatever like that, then WWE officials will escort them back around. So like every wrestler literally was within like touching distance and like a couple of them like slapped our hands and stuff like that, you know, after the match and all. Uh, but we got to see everybody like up close and personal being escorted by. So that was really cool. A uh, lot of star watching. And I, I had my, I had a fangirl moment and Mrs. Sin made fun of me and it's okay. And I'll accept it. You know, it's, it's fine. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, so, before the event, uh, the Titans released a video that Derrick Henry, the Titans running back, he was holding like a title belt and he was like, I'll be at SummerSlam. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I was like, what if we were by him? Because at this time, we didn't know where our seats are. We knew nothing. And I was like, what if we're by him? And so we're sitting down there and I'm like, there's a bunch of seats reserved like in front of us. I was like, I wonder who it is. And so we're trying to like figure it out. And, you know, the first match starts and it's uh, Becky Lynch and Bianca. And I turn to my left and I kind of just look back, and I catch a glimpse of a guy, and I was like, that dude looks really familiar. And I turn back, and I realize it's the Titans' third-round pick, their quarterback, Malik Willis, they picked. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, that's Malik Willis. And Mr. Sim was like, wait, what? I was like, yeah. And I kind of look again, I was like, there's our first-round pick. There's Burks. And I was like, shit, that's the entire Titans team literally sitting like 20 feet from me. And I was like, oh, damn. So I was kind of freaking out. But I didn't see, like, the big, big names, you know, your King Henrys and Taylor Lewans and Kevin Byers and all those. Well, then, the first match kind of comes and goes, and about, well, actually, it's probably about three-quarters of the way through it. I turn, and I see this very large individual coming, and I was like, holy shit, that's Derrick Henry. And he had, obviously, like, kind of, like, bodyguards-ish. They had, like, security bodyguards kind of around them to keep people from, like, you know, mobbing them and, and stuff like that. And it was Derek, Taylor Lewan, um, Byard, the quarterback, Tannehill. I mean, everybody. Ben Jones, uh, Jeffrey Simmons. I mean, pretty much any of the big-name stars walked by. And Mrs. Sim was like, get your phone, get your phone, try to get a picture, get stuff. And I was just like, ah, ah, ah. And I just froze and was like, what the hell? Because they were like, I could just, like, touch them. I was like, what the, what? So I, she made fun of me. She was like, you froze on that. I was like, shut up. Don't talk to me. Leave me alone. Um, so that was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, kid wa- uh, rock walked right past us and they had him going to his seats. Uh, Logan Paul's, um, co-host from impossible, Paulsable. Sorry. They walked, they were right there. Uh, Roman Atwood and his family walked right by us. Um, I was lucky enough. I went and took a picture with, uh, coach Vrabel, the head coach of the Titans. It was actually insane. Like, there was people everywhere, like, stargazing, just right there walking around. I was like, wow, this is pretty nuts. Um, so that part alone was a hell of an experience and something that I thought was really cool. The matches are really cool. The crowd was super hype. Uh, our seatmates were really nice. I really enjoyed them. They were really cool. 
Um, but the matches were so it, it's weird, especially sitting right there. Um, you have people's heads in front of you, and so it kind of throws off like seeing you're kind of having to like kind of like a movie theater. You know, if like someone's really tall in front of you, and you're kind of leaning around them trying to look. There was a lot of that, and then if they were to go outside of the ring where we were, we kind of had to look at like the big jumbotron. Um, but other than that, that was really really cool. Uh, Brock Lesnar bringing a tractor, and then smacking the ring was so damn loud when he hit the ring, and then when he raised it up, that place went nuts. Like he raised the ring up. I don't know if you, Christian, did you see any of the highlights or anything? Not yet. I only saw the highlights for Becky and Bianca Belair. Apparently she really got hurt unless it's like all part of the story, but she's out for a little bit and see like what threw me off is cause like I saw when we got back home, like obviously people that like kind of were back there where we are could get pictures and like videos of people walking by, which I got a lot of videos of like different wrestlers walking by and different people walking by, like how close they were and everything. But you know, they're all still selling, like, especially if they lose, they're selling the injury or being beat up, you know? They're still, you know, putting on a performance for those that see them, you know, because they kind of escort them around, and then they take them back to, like, the home tunnel, and, like, they go back to the back. And she was holding her arm, and I was just like, well, that, yeah, like, they all did that. Like, Riddle walked by, Riddle was all banged up, even though he started smiling, and I was like, okay. But different ones, you know, they'll they'll be kind of, you know, selling it still. And so I didn't think much of it. Apparently, she did have a separated shoulder. So I kind of want to rewatch the match. Um, it is also weird being there because you get no commentary. So, lit- <laughs> like, it doesn't play over loudspeakers or anything like that. And for entrances, where we're at, you couldn't see the entrance. So for Bianca and Becky, you they actually, the camera went on them where you could see them walking out on the the big screens on the Titan Stadium. And then WWE has like three screens facing the different sides. But production side, where we were, there's no screen. So after theirs, they didn't film the entrances. So you would just see like their logo or name on the screen and that's it. But if you could see the other WWE screens, you could see it where they were, you know, showing people them coming out. So that was kind of crazy. Um, and yeah, dude, the that place was rowdy. They were loud. They were getting into it. Uh, it was a good show, though. It was a really, really good show. The tractor thing was pretty crazy. He literally raised the ring, and Roman like rolled out of it. He raised it like several feet and just left it there. So the ring was like all jacked up. And then, of course, at the end, like Brock climbs back in the ring, like all bruised up and stuff, and like puts his cowboy hat back on. And Nashville went nuts. And then he tipped his hat to Nashville. And then he kind of you could see him like damn I'm sore kind of feeling like he was sliding back down just like oh this sucks I'm sore as hell <laughs> but uh dude it was it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun that place was rocking it was definitely a, an experience you know never got to go anything like that I've only been to a handful of shows so definitely the biggest one I've been to and watching like was the, it the best do what was it the best live show you've been to as far as wrestling goes um probably yeah so I'll say this. I've been so I've been to one Raw and Raw was pretty cool. I got to kinda you see stuff that like you know, if you've only watched on TV, you don't know like the TV breaks and stuff like that, how all that works is interesting. Um I've been to a live show. Live shows are definitely more relaxed and the wrestlers goof off more and they have like more whatever like engagement with the crowd, like for fun, not necessarily like promo like 
trying to get cheers booze and more like you know just more fun time i think as they're practicing getting chemistry and stuff like that and just entertaining um so those are pretty fun and, and relaxed and then this was more tightly run but you could tell it was like a big pay-per-view just like entrances were stepped up people were trying to steal the show um a lot of surprise like returns and run-ins and stuff like that the coolest entrance by far was edge though edge's entrance was sick have, you haven't seen that have you was it separate is it separate from the one that he normally does yes just on- so he has a whole storyline with like finn balor and them he started a stable of like a heel stable and it's called judgment day and their entrance alone was sick because like whenever he would come up it lights would hit him and these big wings, purple wings, would come from, like, the screen. And where they would position for the camera and stuff, it looked like the wings were coming off of them. It was really sick. Well, they turned on him, and he ended up, you know, he's no longer in there. So they made him back uh, a face. And uh, he had been gone for a couple months. And so this was, like, his return, surprise return or whatever. And it was this, like, not like a band metal thing, but, like, definitely some metal riffs. And, like, fire kind of went up these stairs. And then in the background, like, the screens and all, it was people falling into hell. And then he kind of rose up from the stairs, kind of, like, coming up from hell. And he come up just screaming. And it was it was pretty intense. It was pretty sick. I liked it a lot. Pretty metal, sir. But, uh, that's what's up, dude. It, it was a fun that, experience. That's really cool, a long, like long day. I will say that. And I was a sweaty How man. Was the, was the but yeah, so that was my that was a, a big portion of my week. But how long was the show all like all in all for you? Uh show started around seven, I think, and ended close to eleven. Seven PM to eleven PM? Yeah. Close to eleven. It was a little right. before eleven. I think it was like probably like three and a half, three hours, forty minutes, something like that. Nice. Because cool, like man. I was like, waiting on pre show. I was trying to find where pre show people were. And I couldn't find them, so I just ended up walking around down there on the field, just like kind of checking things out. And then there were some other celebrity people, like I didn't know, I probably didn't know that I saw. I'm pretty sure Miss Sin makes fun of me. So there's a bridge that you cross. It's kind of tradition if you go from like downtown Nashville to Nissan Stadium, you cross the Cumberland, right? Is that the river? Yeah. You cross over there. I swear, and I could be totally wrong. And if I'm wrong, this dude legit should be the doppelganger or the stunt double or whatever. I got to look up his name real quick because I can't remember the actor's name. But have you seen Ozark? Yeah. Okay, do you know the dude that um, they get to run the hotel? I'm trying to, I'm looking him up real quick. Uh, his, his uh, Sam is his name in the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I am 95% sure I freaking saw this dude on the bridge going the opposite way because like i saw his face and i was like that dude looks really familiar and then i was like damn i know that guy why do i know that guy and like as we're walking i was like that's ozark so it's kevin l johnson i swear it's him it has to be him but i was like it it really threw me for a loop and she was like that's not him you were just seeing stuff i was like well if that's not him that dude legit needs to be his like stunt double but uh that's what's up i like that it was a ton of fun though. It was a definite definitely an experience that I won't soon forget. But a lot of good good time though. Good good time. Uh but good, man. I know Christian is 
ready to roll with uh, topic number two, our second segment. And uh, I'm not going to get into like who won and all that. So I don't know if people want to hear all that, but uh, yeah. So Roman retained, and uh, yeah. I'm I'm just sad that Becky lost. Like that's that's really what it boils down to. Yeah, Becky did really good though. They, which they do really good. I feel like Bianca, Bianca had family right in front of us, and I called it as soon as I saw them. Because Bianca, like you see the different wrestling shirts like around people wearing. They were wearing like this Tennessee orange shirt and it said something uh, Bel Air and something else. And I was just like, I've never seen that shirt. Like, and I've never seen anybody like wearing it. And it's being that orange, it definitely stands out, you know? And so I was like, I think that's family. And sure enough, like when she left the ring, she kind of like went over and like hugged him and stuff like that. I was like, it's got to be sister or something, somebody, because she's from Knoxville. So it's yeah. some of her family. He actually went to the same high school as my cousin. And it's really funny because like my cousin was like, do you watch wrestling? And I was like, yeah. She was like, do you know Bianca Belair? And I was like, yeah, she's fantastic. She was like, you know, I went to school with her. Obviously, her last name wasn't Belair in school, but like that's her stage name or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, man, that's dope. That's um, that's super sick. You know, a bunch like, of them are living back- in Nashville now. I heard that, but I heard that from an unreliable source, so I didn't. I'm pretty sure Seamus lives there, and um, well, he's now Miro or whatever in AEW. But Rusev and his wife uh, Lana or CJ Perry or whatever name is, they live there. I'm pretty sure. Um, And I think so. Drew McIntyre's been doing stuff with the Titans. He come out. He didn't have a match, but he said something about calling Nashville home. I think he might actually live in Nashville too, because he's done like promo things with the Titans. That's pretty badass. Like, I, for those of you who already know, like I live in Nashville and I never see any of these people. But with that being said, I'm not like anybody noteworthy, so of course I wouldn't. But I'm also not downtown Nashville a whole lot, just because it's crazy down there. It is. And I used to work downtown Nashville for a little while for. I don't even remember how long I worked downtown Nashville, but I saw a lot of stuff. Some of the stuff I wish I didn't see. And I don't miss being downtown. So I try to avoid it as, as, as best I can. It is pandemonium down there, especially like I already know weekends, like especially like Saturday night and stuff. People are going out to like the clubs and the bars and stuff is crazy, man. It is crazy down there. Like 2 PM people were partying. Like I'm talking about like, they're not just starting to sip. Like these people are already lit. They are partying hard, and I was like, "Dang, Nashville's getting down right yeah, now." Dude, like, it, it's crazy. So, so I used to work at a hotel downtown, and throughout the week, I mean, yeah, sure, people would still go out and do their thing, but Thursday night to Sunday night, people were getting smashed all hours of the night. Welcome to Friday Smash. And Saturday were always the worst. Yeah, seriously. Oh my god. And it doesn't slow down. Like in the summer, it's people that live here for sure. And and then there's also a bunch of people who don't live here that come in for like uh, events and stuff, kind of like what you've done that are here and they'll do their thing and they'll party. There's a lot of bachelor, bachelorette parties down here. Yeah, I saw that. More bachelorette parties that I've noticed than bachelor. And there's just so many of those that are doing their thing. 
But in the winter, it's the same, dude. Like people are coming in the winter months because they're visiting family or whatever, or they're going on a vacation and they want to do the whole country thing. And, and they're hitting all the bars and stuff. Like there's been, I can't explain to you how many women and men I've had to physically pick up and carry to their hotel rooms. Uh, one lady was so drunk, like, and she was young, dude. She was like, she was like 21, 22. So just, just old enough to drink. It's like brittle, dead winter outside. And I'm talking about like too cold to snow. That's how cold it was. And she was in like a cocktail dress, red cocktail dress, and she passed out in the bushes. <laughs> and I'll never forget because I went out just to do like a little check, you know, making sure everything's cool. There's nobody throwing up in the flowers or whatever. And I go out and I was like, whose shoes are sticking out of this bush? So I go over to the shoes and I was like, oh my God, there's feet in there. Oh my God, a person's in the bushes. Holy shit, are they dead? So I go over there and like, I did the thing, you know, that most people do. I try to check for a pulse, but I couldn't feel anything. But mind you, it's like negative three degrees outside. It's cold. So I was like, I'm probably not going to be able to feel much of anything. Do I need to move this person or do I need to just call the cops right now? So I'm getting ready to call the cops because I was like, the last thing I want to do is be a big black dude at the scene of what could be a crime here with this 21-year-old woman, right? So I'm getting ready to call and she started moving a little bit. So I was like, hey, ma'am, are you okay? And I knew that she was in the hotel that I worked in because her and her friends had gone out uh, earlier that night and it was starting to get late. And she was with like three or four other girls. So I knew what room she was going in, picked her up. I put her on a, she, she had, because her dress was small, right? Like her dress was pretty tiny. I figured it'd be best if I didn't just carry her the whole way because I didn't want any problems. So I literally went back inside. I got a a, a cart that you would put luggage on, a luggage cart, and I put her on the luggage cart and rolled her up to her room, knocked on the door. Her friends answered, and I was like, I think you forgot something. And they were like, oh, my God. And I forget the chick's name right now. Like, this woman was out, dude. Like, she was freezing cold. She was passed out. Anything could happen. Took her up to her room. And I straight up told the other women, I was like, you guys, did y'all know that she was out still? And they were like, well, we knew she was out. We thought she was coming back and blah, blah, blah. I was like, did y'all not call her or, like, text her, try to come find her? And they were like, no, we didn't think anything about it. And I was like, you guys are shit friends. And then I shut the door and left. And they felt so bad. They wrote me a note like the next morning before they checked out. And they were like, we're so sorry. Thank you for helping our friend, this and that. And, you know, they gave her like a super warm shower and, you know, hydrated her and stuff. And I actually went back up to the room to apologize. And they were like, no, it's totally fine. You're right. And I gave them like, you know, a bunch of waters and stuff to make sure that that the woman was cool. But yeah, man, crazy shit happens out here, especially in all months. And in the summer, it's even worse because you know these people are alive and they're doing their thing and some people are throwing up some people are passed out like this one we saw, guy this we saw a dude that had dude. clearly like pissed himself we were trying to leave oh and like traffic was at a crawl and there's this dude just staggering and i mean like not like a little stagger like you know like oh i lost my balance like dude was like squiggly lines like he's like swerving so hard walking trying to like text or call somebody and like the whole back of his pants were wet 
And Mrs. Sim was like, why is his pants wet? And I was like, I, I don't know if I want to know. And so, like, I'm paying attention to traffic. And then she's like, I'm pretty sure that dude pissed himself. And then we just were <laughs> kind of watching him. And he was, I was like, please don't stagger out in front of traffic because you're going to get hit. And then we're going to be like, come on. And like, we're just watching this dude, like, avoid being hit and, like, swaying everywhere. And I was like, God, dude, people are going hard up here right now. It, it gets crazy. But to, to get off of that for a minute and, like, to go into this little rant that I want to talk about. Rant time. Um, I want to talk about. Yeah, seriously. So I want to talk about Warner Brothers, DC, Discovery. So we all know I've talked about it at Ignazium on this channel, on this on this podcast. But uh, DC, Warner Brothers was bought out by Discovery and they want to make a lot of changes. So we're actually starting to see the ramifications of those changes uh, last night as of the time of this recording and tomorrow um, as of the time of this recording, we're going to get a lot more information about what's being canceled, uh, what's being changed, uh, what some of their focuses might be. And to start that off, Batgirl, the movie that uh, I was super anticipating. I was ready to see what they were going to do. Uh, got straight up canceled last night. The movie was pretty much wrapped. All they had to do was, you know, uh, some principal photography and, you know, post-production stuff. Finish editing the film put some more of the CGI in there that they needed to put in there. But like, as far as filming goes and, and all of that, everything was finished. So they were completely willing to take, I want to say it's between 70 to $90 million for this movie. They, they just took a giant pay cut, not a pay cut, but they just took a loss on this film because they're not releasing it. Yeah. It says and 90 right here. Was, yeah. $90 million. That's, That's almost a hundred million dollars. They just, they just ate, dude. They just totally ate it. They so could have gave me that $90 million. Million. I would have took it. Dude, they could have spread it out to the both of us, and we would have been set for well, the rest of our stuff. generations. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but with that said, um, that just goes to show how strong of opinion they have about the DC Universe and where it's been and where they want it to go. The person that runs uh, Discovery right now, the person who's running Warner Brothers right now, uh, he, he's he's looking for his Kevin Feige, right? And for those of you who don't know because you live under a rock, Kevin Feige is the guy who runs Marvel Entertainment right now. He runs all the all the films, he runs all the shows, and then sometimes he has a hand in the comics as well. So he runs all that stuff. And they're looking for their Kevin Feige for DC. Um, they've they've told us already that they don't want to, they don't want anything to do with the Zack Snyderverse stuff. Like, they, they're completely done with that. They don't want to get into the drama that comes with the Snyderverse. And that's the that's their way of saying, we don't care what the fans think about the Snyderverse. We don't care what the people who don't like the Snyderverse say. We're doing our own thing. And that's fine. Makes perfect sense. Because DC, before they got bought out, felt the same way. Now, with Batgirl, this is a film, like I said, that was done filming. All these people that worked on it. You know, the, the, the woman they had playing Batgirl, Batgirl everybody, uh, it, it's just dumb. We'll never see the light of the day of this movie. Um, and that's crazy because the co the way the contract works out, this movie was coming out for uh, HBO Max, right? It was a it was direct to streaming. Could we film. get a Snyderverse and thing? It, Could people rally enough that eventually they would release it like Snyderverse or Snyder Cut? Sorry, not no. Snyderverse. No? No. The reason is because they've learned from the fallout that was the Snyderverse and like what comes of that, right? We got the Snyderverse. It took us like four years. 
we did get it. The movie was great. I loved it. It was one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, I, far I superior it. than Justice League they put out originally. Far superior, far superior. Just the first 30 minutes of the Snyder Cut was better than the entirety of the of the regular yeah. Justice League cut. We got the, the Justice League is what we've been calling it. But anyway, all that to say, they they the, the person who runs Warner Brothers right now has a very distinct vision. So he's looking for his Kevin Feige that will run with that vision. I believe that the last films, the last two films possibly that we'll get for DC are going to be uh, Aquaman and maybe The Flash because they're very adamant on letting The Flash come out. They're not going to advertise it as much as they would normally. They're not going to do a lot of the things they would normally do for that movie. They're not even going to mention Ezra Miller. I think they'll just refer to the character, which is Barry Allen Flash. But once that movie comes out, we're done. And earlier in the weeks, you know, earlier this month, actually, you know, last month. Is it true The Flash is $200 million movie? Um, I've seen that a couple times. I can't God. confirm or deny that that's how much it costs because um, I'm just not sure. I know that they redid a lot of stuff for that movie a couple of times, but I don't know to the extent of what, what I don't know what that means fully. You know what I mean? That, yeah. that could mean that they did redo a whole lot of stuff. That could mean that they just did a couple of things differently. Who knows? Um, but with the with Ezra Miller and all the shit that he's been doing, I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't say no, that's not the case because they probably had to pay out so much just to get this movie finished completely. You know what I mean? I was trying to but find budgets that said, of that and uh, Aquaman to kind of compare to the 90 mil they just ate. I want to say Aquaman's over 200 mil too, but I haven't found like an exact number. It says they'll have the biggest budget of any DCEU film yet. That's They don't really care about how much Aquaman costs because Aquaman made so much money. So they don't care about that. The thing is, Jesus they have though, to that's, reconcile. That's insane. They have to reconcile more so now what it means with the Amber Heard stuff that happened um, very recently with her trial. Um, and, you know, her losing the defamation trial to Johnny Depp and then her now being uh, bankrupt and having to sell homes and whatnot, like all that stuff. So they got to deal with that. They got to see how much of her is going to be in the movie. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are saying, like, I mean, it doesn't matter that uh, Batgirl got canceled because the movie was really bad and it got um, it was getting it's going to get review bombed because the people who've seen it didn't like it. And that's why they delete. That's why they canceled it. That's not necessarily the case. So the rev- the reviews for Batgirl after they let people see it, you know, before it was finished, mind you, before it had finished effects and all that. Yeah, that definitely does hurt the film um, for that, for that, uh, for those audiences. That definitely does hurt the film for them, for their enjoyment. But you kind of know what you're getting into when you get invited to, to watch those. And they do pull just people off the street, like people that don't know much about these films. They didn't even know they were watching Batgirl until the movie started, right? So... Um, I don't necessarily think that that's the case. I think what happened was, I think it's a combination of two things. I think that the people now who run DC didn't really care for the film because Batgirl is not the most popular character in the world. And I think they also knew that that's not the way they wanted to go 
with the films they want to make because it's another back character, right? So they've already come out and said that they think that Superman should be the mainstay. He should be the Iron Man of this universe. And that's exactly what they want. So the next big DC project that we're going to get, that they're going to announce, has to be a Superman project when it comes to the live action films. They got to get a script. They got to get a director. They got to get... Uh, Superman cast, they got to see when and where they want to tell the story. Is it going to be another origin story? Is it going to be after he's been Superman for a while? Like, where are they going to go with it? Um, and I don't think that they're necessarily rushing to make like an extended universe where all the characters uh, coincide in each other's worlds. I think what they're trying to do at this point is just have a start, kind of like how Marvel just started with Iron Man, had a stinger at the end, and then you go from there. You know, I think that, that they're trying to do something similar. And at this point, like, I don't really care so much what they do because I know that they're changing a lot of things. But like I was saying earlier, this cancellation is way more important than you may be thinking. Because, yeah, it's canceled and we don't, we'll never see this Batgirl movie because of the way that rights work, because it was going to streaming services. They don't have to show anybody this. So the only way we're going to see this movie is if some people who worked on this film have the film on a hard drive that they shoved in their butt cheeks and then they got out of the they got out of the office with it. And then we'll see like a doo doo version. Um, <laughs> pardon Jesus the pun. Christ. We'll see it. We'll see a Boo Shoes version quality of that film that'll circulate YouTube and whatnot. And then you could probably buy it on Blu-ray at conventions to come. Kind of like what the Snyderverse was for a little bit before we actually got it in 4k so that's most likely what will happen with this film it doesn't mean that we will get a better quality version of it i'm sure there'll be plenty of documentaries and whatnot on this and they'll talk about the film that never was and, and what happened and we'll get interviews from all the actors in it at some point talking about how they thought the film could go but with that said I think the only reason at this point why The Flash is even going to happen is because they need it to happen to bookend the entirety of the DC Extended Universe, DCEU. And Aquaman, I think, being the last film loosely connected to all of the other films. And I, don't, I don't think they're going to mention any of the characters except for Ben Affleck Batman. And I think that the reason why we got that announcement the other day from Jason Momoa that um, ben Affleck's going to be in this film is because they realized because the Flash movie is coming out after that and because Batgirl at the time was still coming out and it had a different Batgirl, different Commissioner Gordon and all of that, people would get confused. So they've recast the Michael Keaton part to be Ben Affleck. Plus, Ben Affleck still wants a working relationship with WB because aside from Batman, Ben Affleck makes films like he has movies coming out being distributed by WB. So he's probably doing them this favor so that they will do him a favor later on down the line, which means make a movie he wants to make or, or distribute a movie he wants to make. So with that said, I think so much so that this cancellation is the start of many cancellations. We know that the flash is going to get its last season. I think the episodes got cut down from what they normally have. Uh, the Scoob movie that came out in 2020, they had a prequel that was going to come out for that that followed the first group of kids before Scooby and his gang um, with like the Blue Falcon character that got canceled. Um, there's a lot more cancellations down the line. They're probably coming out right now as I'm recording this episode. But with that being said, there is a lot of stuff that they are canceling. There's a lot of stuff they're going to change. And what does that mean for HBO Max? That's the next question. I think HBO Max, there's a lot of rumors about it right now. And what I think is going to happen is I think that at the end of this year, this physical year, 
HBO Max is going to be gone. And I think they're going to either take a lot of the stuff that's on HBO Max and just fold that right into Discovery Plus, or they're going to have people who have who are loyal to HBO Max possibly fold over and then you'll be able to download um, Discovery Plus and have that for a few months for free to kind of round out however long your subscription to HBO Max was before it's completely gone. So it'll just kind of be gone. And I hope that's not the case because I actually really like HBO Max, but they've already told us that their focus is Discovery. Like, yeah, they bought DC Warner Brothers, but their their full focus is 100% Discovery Plus. So that's going to be the app they go to. A lot of the films that, that are on HBO Max will go to that. Who said their um, focus is Discovery? Streaming service. What's that? Who said their focus was Discovery? D- uh, Discovery did. <laughs> because oh. they bought eight, They bought Warner Brothers. Their focus is still Discovery. Like that's their streaming platform. So like, like I was saying a minute ago, I think that what they're going to do is just go ahead and cancel out HBO Max, but they're going to have to wait and do it until probably the end of the year this year, which, I mean, if you think about it, this year's like over halfway done already. So it wouldn't be that big of a loss if they just let it cancel itself out and be gone by that time. So we'll probably see that. We'll probably get that announcement tomorrow. Unfortunately, like I said, I'm a huge fan of HBO Max. I really like it. I'm a stand of it, but you know, money talks, bullshit walks and they want the money, bro. Like, that's just how it is. They And the, all the Batman projects that we've been seeing, we'll probably continue seeing that in, like, the video games and such because it's really popular. It makes them a lot of money. They get a lot of merch sales from Batman. But Superman is going to be their, their main focus to start off on all these new films. And I think that that's going to be a big thing because what they want, what they've told us already that they want is – big summer event films summer event films for those of you who don't understand what i'm saying by by that i mean like the doctor strange films i mean the spider-mans those are big summer event films right not all of them come out in the summer but that's the point they want those big event blockbusters so they're not going to focus too much on these street level heroes batman being one of them i'm sure batman will have a movie come out again after they wait a while but I also don't know what that means for the Batman because Matt Reeves has a whole contract with DC. So I don't know like if they're going to try to buy him out of his contract. I don't know if they're going to let those movies stand and then wait for that trilogy to be over and then do Batman. Like, I'm not sure. But there's a lot of stuff that's going to be changing in the next 24 hours for DC fans, uh, for DCEU fans, for HBO Max fans. Like, all of us are going to witness a bunch of different changes. And the reasons for that, like I said before, are just happening because they got bought out. And now we're about to start seeing what it means for the buyouts. And then a lot of people were complaining about Comic-Con and what DC brought, which was pretty much nothing. They only had The Rock saying the same shit he's been saying. The hierarchy of power in the DC universe is about to change. Like, we've been hearing him say that for fucking two years at this point. Since... DC fandom in 2020 he came out this year comic-con as black adam and i think it's because they were just like do whatever you want to do because we're about to cut the lights off in this bitch so it doesn't matter and i think that's what's going on plus the rock is you know he's a big draw they needed him to sell the movie and that was like the easiest slam dunk for them but with that said, man, like I said, they they just they don't really care about all this other stuff. That's not really what they want to do. They're just trying to get stuff situated in a way to where 
it's like the easiest, breeziest situation they can be in. And that's what they're going to do. Like I said, they're about to restart a lot of shit. So that means so much is getting canceled. We'll get a couple of new projects announced, but I don't know what those projects are going to be yet. And that's because I'm not in this in the in the know i don't really have a source inside that's telling me all the stuff so i have to get the information you know as soon as it's available and then give you my thoughts on it and give you what i think is going to happen and that's what i think i think hbo max by the end of the year is going to be gone if you're going to want to get any warner brothers information uh well, i mean hbo TV max will still be an app though will it not it'll still be an app till the end of the year in my opinion well i mean I hbo who owns hbo hbo is owned by warner brothers which is owned now by discovery uh. Because, I mean, HBO has yeah. a lot of series and stuff, so, I mean, I would think that's valuable. I mean, you'll still have, you'll still have the plain Jane HBO app for sure. And then if you want to watch, you know, the, the, the Game of Thrones spinoffs that are coming out, then after HBO Max is gone, you'll just have to get those clean off of HBO. Um, but, like I said, HBO Max is no longer going to be their focus. I think they're going to focus solely on discovery and some of those shows may roll over to discovery so that more people will buy the app and they'll get more subscribership and all of that stuff but as far as hbo max goes i feel like they're just gonna let that one die by the end of the year so my get my guess is by the 15th of january it'll probably be gone why the 15th we gave you that date um i say the 15th because normally when it comes to holiday season stuff um most companies tend to go back to normal or some, some sense of normalcy around the 15th of January, because that's when they start cutting off all of the, all the Christmas stuff and return stuff and all that. It just gives people a little bit of time to adjust to the next year and what's going on. Uh, and that, like I said, that I only say that because that's when normal companies and retail and shit, when they kind of go back to normalcy, it's usually the 15th of January. So that's why I'm saying that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, what are you, what are your thoughts on the cancellation of Batgirl and Scoob, the prequel? I didn't and, know that was a thing. I'm gonna be honest. Of course, you didn't. You no, nobody did. I, I knew nothing about Scoob. Uh, Batgirl sucks, especially if it's done and they've already spent time shooting it. They spent ninety million dollars. That sucks, man. That is a huge waste. Um, I feel I like that film's 100%. punished for kind of the sins of others is kind of like the vibe I'm getting, which that may not be the case, but with them kind of resetting, like the flash has been a shit show because of all the issues. Aquaman now has got negative press because of Amber Heard and people wanting to boycott. So mm-hmm. I feel like this was kind of like, like collateral or something. I don't know. You know, like it was, it's catching the effects of the other screw ups things going on. Um, I mean, but now you can also see why DC never came out and said that they were going to recast Ezra Miller as Flash because they already knew once the buyout happened that all of that stuff was wasn't going to survive anyway. Yeah. So now it makes more sense. Um. Yeah. I don't know, man. It sucks. It really does. Like, but at the same time, though, I kind of do. Th- DC needs to get their shit together. At the end of the day, in my opinion, There's get your been... shit together. What does that mean for you? It means. Okay, like, we we both have talked about Marvel. We prefer DC to Marvel. But I will say Marvel, with their movie formula and structure that they have built over the course of, I forget how many years now, going from, what, Iron Man to uh, Endgame, they kept a pretty steady door. 
Like, Chris Evans was Captain America, and you knew that was Captain America. Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man. And they had a long-term plan, and they kept stability with their people. So you could associate Robert Downey's Iron Man. You know, Iron Man. Uh, you know, we actually had a Hulk that was a stable Hulk because we had, what, two or three Hulk movies before, post Iron Lou Frigno, but, like, we had, what, two, I guess? Edward Norton and, um, wasn't there another one? Or no? Uh, no, there, there, was, there was Edward Norton, and then before that you had Eric Bana. There we go. Okay. So we actually had a Hulk, and, like, there was stability where DC come up and obviously I feel like they were rushing to try to compete because of the success Marvel's having. And we have, it's been, it's been a kind of a shit show, honestly. Like there's been some good movies that come out. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like there's been more issues and more problems and more. We'll have to recast this person to play this than necessary. And I feel like it just keeps happening at DC. So a complete reboot, maybe starting fresh or like a good plan. And maybe some stability would really help them. In my opinion, it's because it, it sucks. Like, all right, we have Affleck now. We don't have Affleck. Um, you know, Henry Cavill. We had a Superman, and now we don't know. And it's just been going on. Ezra Miller is I, there. I don't see any way that Ezra Miller can do anything after this. Like that's done. So we don't know who our Flash should be. It just it's one problem after another. I feel like. With DC, and it, it sucks because I feel like the content and the material could be so good and so much better, being darker and more gritty and stuff like that. And I just, I don't know, I feel like it's a lot of lost opportunity. I mean, I feel like so to go off of what you were saying just a minute ago about Marvel, like I think that Marvel definitely had a plan, but that plan didn't work for them in the long run, right? Like you got all of you got the 10 years worth of marvel films that led up to infinity war right which was excellent but that long term doesn't work it doesn't last and marvel kevin feige they know that that's why so many people have been complaining this year about uh phase four right like everybody's been talking about how even i'm not even referencing phase four i'm talking about to end game like that plan like dc didn't really have a good rebuttal for that i felt like to like compete well that's that's the thing though they don't need to rebuttal that because marvel came out and did something that nobody's done before which is awesome i would never dispute that the problem that i'm telling you that other companies see that that fans typical fans don't necessarily see is this Marvel had the opportunity to do that because they were going bankrupt, right? And they could just do some shit. So Kevin Feige comes in, who's a fan of comics, who's a fan of, you know, the stories being told and, and how they integrate with each other, right? Come in and do this thing. And they gave it a shot with Iron Man. They even hired somebody who was at that time unhirable. And that was Robert Downey Jr. So they took risk, which is great. The greater the risk, the greater the reward, which we all know, especially those of us who've had children, we, we know what that means. But with that being said, it's it doesn't always work. And these companies like to be safe, right? You don't want to invest 90 fucking million dollars in a film and it doesn't even get seen the light of day. That's what could have happened to Iron Man, right? But that's not what happened. It's a success. It's an underdog. That's why it's so good. 
But then when you have movies like that, you have problems with the actors. They age out of the roles. They want more money. They can't do this. They can't do that. They don't want to. They get tired of it. Chris Evans is a perfect example. Chris Evans loved being Captain America, but he also fucking hated being Captain America. He didn't like the costume. He didn't like how many movies he had to be in. He didn't like all the post credit scenes, right? But he did like the people that he got to work with. He liked the opportunities that he's now afforded, right? Now he can do what he wants. He can direct. He can make movies he wants to make. So you get that out of it. Robert Downey, Downey Jr. Is a, is a person who is now on top of the fucking world, right? And that's because they took a chance. But then you also get problems like Scarlett Johansson and Universal Pictures who won't let them make a Hulk movie. So the Hulk that we got is now too old to be the Hulk. So instead of us getting Hulk films, we're just going to get She-Hulk, right? And, and that's why in the trailers for She-Hulk, they show how much more adept she is, Jennifer Walters, is at using her powers. And that's because once this is over, they can throw She-Hulk in any situation that the Hulk would normally be in. And because it's a movie and not the comics, they can change all the shit. So it's completely different. So you don't have to worry about your Hulk actor being too old because now you got this new younger Hulk and it's a girl, um, a woman, excuse me, and she can do the things that he can't do. And you also have an agenda with your films. I don't mean like woke and shit because i think that's stupid but like now you can you can sell that to to young women now who who have that to look forward to you can sexualize your character but you don't have to over sexualize her like she was in the comics and shit right you can do all of that stuff and that's really cool but the thing is that's a problem that you come into now marvel has enough money to the point to where they can they can eat some shit, you know what I'm saying? They can take that problem. You get issues like Thor, uh, Love and Thunder, which isn't a very good movie. Um, and Thor is just a fucking idiot because you have Taika Waititi writing Thor because he doesn't know shit about the actual character. And the only research he did was reading one singular issue of Thor. I, I, don't, I don't think you understand what I'm saying. That's like if I said, hey, Sin, I want to make a movie about... I don't know my little pony but i only read one issue of a my little pony comic that came out probably a couple of weeks ago and i made a whole movie about it and that's all i knew about the character or if i told you hey i'm gonna make a movie about seth rollins but i've only watched one seth rollins match and i don't know what the storyline is sounds that's like what taika Waititi is. huh sounds like a banger sounds like a banger sure well i mean my thing is like <laughs> You had like Iron Man, what, two, three movies? You had all this, and they took the time to build it. DC was like, all right, we have Man of Steel, and then you had, what, Batman v Superman. We never got any Batman to give us backstory, which I know we've had Batman in the past, but you didn't really build Affleck's Batman. We, have, we still haven't got a Flash, and this is like, now it doesn't even, I mean, I want to see it, but it, at this point it doesn't matter because it's all getting rebooted anyway, so you can do whatever. You got an Aquaman. You got two Wonder Woman films. I, no Cyborg film. Like I, I just feel like there was a lot of missed opportunity, and they kind of rushed what they had compared to the other. So maybe a reboot's not the worst because it's kind of in shambles. If that makes sense, you know. Like I just feel like they no, I mean, built their other characters more, which Marvel had more opportunity, but DC just kind of rushed and they dropped the ball. I feel like they missed a lot of opportunities there with it. I think that 
so for me, I like to play devil's advocate with these types of things for a couple of reasons. One, it's really easy to say, oh man, DC fucked up because they didn't do what Marvel did, which was make all of these movies and get all of these actors on board with all these contracts and do this and do that. And I agree with you on that. I do. I think that they dropped the ball because also, they Also, big saw missed opportunity with Doomsday. Work. I'm still mad about Doomsday. I just want to throw that out there. I did not like how Doomsday you, was used. You know what? Doomsday though, like, could have been his own damn movie. As, but that's the other thing, though. How many motherfuckers know about Doomsday? Who knows who Doomsday is? Well, they would after a Not movie many, when he's going ham destroying everything. After a movie, though. But how do you make a movie about Doomsday? Uh, Dude, just about Doomsday. How do you make that film? You can't tell me you wouldn't watch a Doomsday movie. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm playing devil's advocate. I just want to know, like, how you would make a movie about Doomsday, just, a character who barely talks, who a character who it doesn't is even have much to be Doomsday. Like, like, make death of Superman. But how do you need Doomsday to make Death of right. Superman? Right, just be like Superman's greatest battle. Make it a Superman movie. Well, actually, you can make it because technically, the Justice League is involved. It just he had like no screen time. No, he was there. He was strong, and then he was done. When I feel like I don't know, I, I that's like one of the only real Superman comics I like is Death of Superman. That one I read I as a kid, and I still like. So I I'm partial to that one. And I just feel like it could have been a lot cooler than what it was, what they gave us. I understand how you feel because, one, I'm not really a Superman fan. And three, because, I mean, I can look at all of these movies and say, man, they rushed this. They didn't do this. Yeah. They didn't think about that. But There's I can good that come out of DC. Don't get me wrong. And I'm a DC you know? fan, but I just, I don't know. I wish there was more that was done. And what, I'm not a movie exec. I'm not a writer. I just feel like there was missed opportunities in it. I feel like it's also been a lot of, I don't know. I feel like there's been a lot, a lot of like chaos within DC, which I know Marvel's had its issues, but I feel like it ran smoother for whatever reason over the years. And DC's just been kind of like piece by piece falling apart with this universe they currently have. I mean... While I agree, don't I don't want to get it wrong. Like I do agree with you. I also have to constantly say, you know, the same types of things, which are right now. Um, we're talking about a villain from a movie that a lot of people didn't like because they just didn't like the film, right? They didn't like Henry Cavill being Superman. They didn't like the way he was portraying the character. They didn't like batman killing people they didn't like ben affleck but then as soon as you say henry cavill's probably not going to be superman anymore anymore you have an outcry of all these fans that just want henry cavill back and he's a draw and everybody thinks he did such a great job as superman but where the fuck were these people when the movie came out they didn't go see this movie yeah they didn't talk about this movie in people don't way. go in open-minded really for didn't. for and castings anymore ben I affleck feel like. as batman right and then he is the most comic book accurate looking Batman that we've ever had, right? That we've ever had. And you still got people saying, oh man, I don't like him because he does this, because he does that. And you could say, like me, I could say, well, you know, that's because it's an adaptation of this character. It's not the character that you grew up reading or the character that you like, because if we're being real, Batman should just sound like fucking Kevin Conroy, right? Like, but he doesn't because it's an adaptation. So when you go and see these movies, they're adaptations of this of the subject of the of the material that we have, right? That we that we're used to. 
but we don't get that because they're adapting it in a way. Some, But that doesn't always mean it's good. Adaptations can be great. Adaptations can be ass. We've seen it. Like, for an example, Godzilla that came out in the 90s here in America was Oh, trash. God. That movie was garbage, <laughs> that was right? Shoes. But that's because they adapted something that they didn't really God, know anything about, and they didn't give a shit about the actual character of Godzilla or what he stands for, what he means. Uh, so, so that's what happens. And then when you get all these super superhero characters and you do these adaptations of them and you get all these people are saying, oh, man, this is sucking. This is trash. And then you start review bombing shit. And then this is what happens. This is the natural order of what happens because people love Marvel so much and because they love talking about how much Marvel is great and how they did all this. Then we get shitty movies like Thor, Love and Thunder. Yeah, that's what happens. There's a lot when of Marvel you, movies you, I don't like and I haven't do. seen. So, I mean, I'm by no means defending Marvel. Right, right. No, but I'm just saying, like, <clears throat> to the general public, like, that's what happens. And then you get all of this stuff coming out. And look at look at C, or phase, f- what, five and six? They're a lot shorter. Yeah, they're going to lead up to some really cool stuff. And I'm super excited about it. I don't want anybody to think that I don't like Marvel. I don't want anybody to think that I don't want to see these films. Because I, I can't wait for Blade to come out. I can't wait to see Wakanda Forever because I just really want to see what they're going to do with the Black Panther character because they just didn't recast him. So we won't get a lot of stories we should have gotten because they're not going to recast. And I think that while I understand you want to honor the legacy that is Chadwick Boseman, like you're not really honoring the legacy of the character that is Black Panther because he does so much in the comics. They, they just scratch the surface of what Black Panther is, what he can do, what he can be, what he means. And he, and for, up until now, he was like the only superhero of color that we could count on, right? Now we have like Falcon is Captain America, but he's taking the mantle of a character. He's not his own guy, right? He's taking the mantle of somebody else. And like, I still like Sam. I think Falcon's a great character in the comics and the movies. I really like him a lot. I like Anthony Mackie a lot. But Black Panther was like a character in of himself. Wakanda is like the strongest, most badass place to be right that was so cool and it was all people of color and stuff and then now we just don't have it so we're either going to get another black panther which in my opinion is just going to end up being shuri because i don't see who else it could be um they could bring back multiverse characters you know they it could be a, a multiverse version of uh of killmonger if they wanted it to be they could bring back um i can't even remember the his name right now from the other tribe that opposed uh that opposed uh, T'Challa at the beginning of Black Panther, uh, Umbaku. It could have been Umbaku. Like it could be a lot of people for sure. But I think what they're gonna do is just sidestep a lot of that in general. Make Shuri the new Black Panther character because she was in the comics as an easy slam dunk, and then they'll just have other tribes kind of back her like they have uh, T'Challa out of respect for his passing. I think that they're going to focus a lot on Riri Williams character who's Ironheart in the comics, who is like essentially just a super smart girl that goes to college who makes her own Iron Man suit out of broken parts from her dorm room. And then she finds some leftover Iron Man suit pieces and becomes essentially the new Iron Man. But it's a little, it's a, it's a young woman. So I think they're going to do that and they're going to focus way harder on that kind of stuff and then make like their own female team of characters. Sherry being in there, Okoye being in there, Ironheart being in there. And then they'll throw probably monica rambeau in there you know what i'm saying like they'll do some shit like that and like i said that's fine but you're not really honoring the legacy of t'challa because t'challa is the person that we want to see so 
with that rant kind of being done, I just think that DC did have some problems. And when you brought up, um, when you brought Doomsday, it just reminded me of all the characters in Marvel, all the villains anyway, that kind of got shit on as well. Oh, yeah. that we just no, they don't talk did. about for some reason. Like you can you can name six Marvel movies right now, and I can tell you that the villain in that film is trash. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or was treated like trash, and they should have been treated with respect. And that's because these people don't really give a shit. They just kill off the characters like it's nothing. The only yeah. villain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that they needed 100% to kill was Thanos, right? We don't need Thanos coming back. We don't need that again. After you get that the first time in that original story with those two movies, that's really all the Thanos you need. Um, but like the, uh, they're, they're, they're so, I, I Red Skull, fucking uh, the ghost character that we got, um, Taskmaster. There's so many villains that just didn't get treated with the respect they deserve to be treated with. But with that said, I think that DC is getting ready to start up again. What I think they should do is a crisis. That's what they do in the comics every time some shit happens. Crisis is just a giant event that literally changes everything in the world and takes it back to the status quo. So if you had a crisis event in one of the movies, namely Flash, then you could come back with the next movie and then everything would be different and it would totally make sense. Um, but we'll see, man. We'll see what happens. I'm just excited and various, very scared to see yeah. what's going to happen with these films. What's going to see? What's going to happen with these characters? And I know that the person running the show right now is a huge Superman stan and thinks that Superman yeah. should have more movies than Batman. Man. And we'll see how it goes, man. Like I said, I'm not a huge fan of that, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to add, like as a takeaway, you mentioned people not liking like Affleck and Cavill. I learned. Um, actually, Ledger was what taught me. Uh, because, I mean, everybody was always guilty of you see a casting and you're like, ah, I don't know about that. I learned to keep an open mind with castings in general. Like, obviously, Robert Pattinson, I was like, eh. But, like I said, I've learned with Ledger when he got cast as a Joker. Because a lot of people were like, that's a weird casting. I don't like it. Brokeback Mountain. Blah, blah, blah. You know, all, you heard all the stuff. But I was like, you know what? I'm not judging anything. They see something. I'll make my opinion once I see what they bring to the character. And ever since then, no matter who gets cast, until I see their work and how they do it, you know, I, I stay open-minded to it. I liked Affleck, personally. I thought he was a pissed-off old Batman. And I liked his suit. I liked his look. He was jacked. Loved Cavill as Superman. I'm not a Superman fan, really, but I, he looks the part. Like, you know, like, I. so yeah, that was my little extra rant to add to that. But we are going on an hour and 20 minutes, so it is time that we pass the whiskey. And get that last call question, ladies and whiskey. gentlemen. So get your whiskeys ready because we have another one from the legend on the inside. He is just our question master. That should be his name. We should just call him question master. He says, you're laid out on a tropical beach. What is your go-to adult beverage? Ooh. I mean, I favorite from, cocktail. From we're going to have the same answer. I already know that. Favorite <laughs> cocktail for me is going to be an old-fashioned. I love old fashions. Absolutely. Um, adult beverage. Also a good beer. If it's hot, it's going to be probably a lighter beer. Uh, because I generally only really get after stouts in like fall, winter, and early spring. Once it gets hot, the thickness and, and like the heaviness is kind of, yeah, I go more lighter or sours. Uh, but not, yeah, an old fashioned would probably be what I would go for if I'm having just any kind of cocktail. Kind of old fashioned, or maybe maybe even like uh, something. 
I've been getting into tequila a little bit lately, which is kind of weird. I was never a big tequila person. <laughs> what about you? I what? think if I'm on a tropical island or beach or whatever, and I need a beverage and it's an adult beverage, <clears throat> I'm assuming that it's hot. I'm assuming that it's sunny. I'm assuming that it's windy. So the last thing I'm going to want is something to, to make me feel super full. So I'm not going to want anything like that. Um, so no beers for me. And if I'm on a tropical island, I don't know how long I'm on this island because it wasn't necessarily specified. So I want to say a cocktail. I want to say I want to have old fashions and just be, you know, drinking those, sipping those. But I don't know how long I'm going to be here. So if I have to do just one drink, I mean, you're on vacation. Probably, probably. going to be. If it's a vacation, then then I'll go with. Uh, I'll probably go with with an old fashioned. You know, I can sip on that. We didn't say we were stranded. Nice this is probably like you're doing your own thing. A little vacation action. If it's a vacation, probably just a light beer, honestly, because that's something that I can sip on and drink and I won't feel like crap afterwards. Um, and, and, and it'll probably just be that because if it's super hot, man, I'm on a beach and I'm chilling, like cocktails would be dope, but I would probably be more into just relaxing and having fun with my family. So I would say something lighter. But my go-to answer is always going to be an old-fashioned because old-fashioned is like the best adult be- beverage I've ever had. So I'm going to go with that. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for that question. If you'd like to get your question featured on Last Call, be sure to come to the Gilded server, gilded.gg slash pack in the application. Just put, I'm here from the podcast, and put your question. There's a whole section to episode chat topics, suggestions, drinks, last call questions, even stuff for Sinister Tales, which includes your personal horror story, stuff that you have either experienced or your friends have experienced or whatever, or scary stuff and things you find on the internet that you would like us to talk about on Sinister Tales and go over. You can do that there, or you can hit up our social medias at Sippin' with Sin, S I P P I N with Sin on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Hit us up with that last call question there. Just put, I have a last call question, then put it in there, and we'll uh, be sure to try to get it in an episode. Uh, but you can follow us there. Go follow us on the social medias. Go show love. And as always, you can check out every episode every Wednesday, 8 a.m. Central Time. That's right, 8 a.m. Central Time on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcast, Overcast, Anchor.fm, and more as well as the video version that comes out at 8 a.m. Also, on YouTube, on my personal YouTube, youtube.com slash Sinister. Go check them out. Subscribe. Follow. Rate five stars. Unsubscribe. Resubscribe. Whatever. Show it some love. Spread the word. Continue to help this audience grow. We appreciate it coming to you every week, and we appreciate you listening. You can find me personally if you want to hit me up at TV on pretty much everything, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. And you can find me live streaming on Twitch, dot tv slash i am sinister tv facebook gaming at fb.gg slash i am sinister tv and i do some uh, live streaming on tiktok as well tiktok at i am sinister tv christian where can the lovely folks find you you guys can find me on instagram and tiktok at vin and ink that is v-n-i-n-k all one word you can only find me on those two places because contrary to popular belief i don't like social media too much heck yeah and that has been a fun episode. Christian had his nice rant. I hope he feels better and got a lot off his chest. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed uh, the stories about my adventures and Christian's rant about uh, DC and their their stuff they have going on. Christian, do you feel better after that rant? I feel great. Okay, good. I'm going to go for a walk. Okay, good. So he feels better. Thanks. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you made it this far, you're a real one. We appreciate you. And as always, we love your faces. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. And uh, we're going to let Christian shut this thing down until next week. Thank you all so much for tuning in to yet another episode of Sipping with Sin. Be sure to leave a five-star review, smash that like button, and leave your recommendations in the comment section below. But most importantly...
don't get gutted. That's right. See you guys next week. So much for tuning into another episode of Sipping with Sin. Please don't forget to leave a rating and submit your last call questions to our socials. That's at Sipping with Sin everywhere. And if you want to hit us up personally, you could find me at Vin and Ink. That is V E N and Ink, or I am Sinister TV for the Sinister Man himself. And guys, don't get gutted.